Spirit Switchboard, airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 New Orleans. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spirit Switchboard. I am your host, Carrie Lynn Shellhorn, and you are listening to us on the United Public Radio Network and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network 105.3 and 107.7 New Orleans. On today's show, we have David Barreto. He is a writer and a researcher on spiritual subjects. He has studied astrophysics um, uh, through the Australian National University and religious literacy through Harvard University. He is the the author of Supernatural Science, and the book we'll be discussing today, which I'm quite excited about, Karma and Reincarnation in the Animal Kingdom, the Spiritual Origin of the Species. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you so much, Caroline, for having me. I'm so excited. I can't wait for our chat. And I think that we're going to produce a lot of good information here. We're going to talk, we're going to debate. And yeah, I can't wait for everything. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, I'm not so sure about the debate but I wanted to tell you that I did read the the book and I had a couple of personal wow moments through it in having a different perspective and maybe um about compassion I would say Mm -hmm. compassion is where I had some wow moments in personal self-reflection when I was reading the book yeah which is which is good right you want you want everyone um to come away with with something and there's Absolutely. so much in it. There's so much to unpack in that book. There's, and I find um, I I'm not very good. I'm I'm not a person that can borrow books because I will highlight and write notes and sticky <laughs> tabs <too>. in them. <laughs> I love books to death. So yes, yeah, um, they're my babies. Right. And, and I'm processing and, and learning and, um, and you can see that all inside the book. So I'm almost embarrassed if somebody wants to borrow a book because they're getting, uh, you know, what I've. It's personal, isn't it? It's personal. It's very much, there's some vulnerability when I'm sharing (laughs) a book for sure. But yeah, compassion and and where that lesson was for me, is it okay for me to share? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Where it was okay for me to share was I thought I was a a very loving person. I feel like I'm a loving person. I feel like I'm a compassionate person. And then I'm reading through it and I'm like, I think that I am a conditional loving person. (laughs) Because if you want to talk about certain insects, I am a no-go. But I will go outside and I'll thank the spider for protecting my porch from people. <laughs> you yeah. Know, the, the porch pirates are there and have no problem talking to the spider, but then the mosquito or the cockroach. And I'm like, eh. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carolyn, that's so good that you pointed on compassion because I mm. think that that was the reason why I wrote the book. And that's the reason why I came up with the research and with the work for it. Um, when we talk about compassion, right, as not only human beings, but when we are talking about being kinder so we can spiritually progress, right, 
I think that compassion has to do when we are talking about compassion. Yeah. It's all about loving our equals or loving our family members and humans and, you know, all of that compassion that we can see and read on literature and that we can relate to. But then what I am proposing here is that we have to extend our compassion umbrella, right, to other beings. I am not saying that you should, at this point, consider a mouse as much as you consider your mother, right? Obviously, we are in a family and we are humans right now. But what I'm saying is that when we talk about compassion, we can't be selective. You either compassionate or you are not. So what I'm trying to propose, as I said, is to extend this compassion mm -hmm. to all beings and understand that when you extend this compassion, this compassion is extending back because above us and below us, we have different beings. We have the hierarchy of you know spirits in the universe. So by extending compassion towards the minor um, souls, you are also uh, doing that in your own favor because they will, yeah. these will come back to you. So yeah, that's very important for us to think in that way. I will extend my compassion beyond my family, beyond my neighbors, beyond my um, you know country, and beyond my species. And and that was when I was when I was reading that I I had a memory from. I lived in the middle of nowhere in the country, farming, uh, farming community on a farm. So mm -hmm. I knew how our animals were raised and, and, and treated, right? But mm -hmm. it, what I was remembering was uh, it was a rainy day. Um, we were on the bus and one of the people that we were picking up, um, their mother was holding up the bus because she was collecting all of the earthworms that were on the road and she would not allow the bus to drive over these earthworms. Oh, and wow. so she was collecting them. So we had this division on this school bus of elementary school age children, um, you know, giving this person a hard time about their mom who was out in the rain collecting these up because they didn't care and the other ones who were caring and that debate, and I'm 52. So this debate happened a while ago. And, yeah. But that memory flashed back up when I was when I was um, hitting that book about compassion. Her mom was really teaching a whole bus mirroring. And some people got that lesson Absolutely. on the bus and some didn't. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's about relating to and relating to um, Caroline, I believe it's not putting yourself in them in their shoes. Right, relating to is how do I feel about it? Is it is it right or not? So we can always, whenever we see something, we can always immediately judge: is it good or not? Are they doing something good or not? And the difference between good, Caroline, that you know, something that I perceived mm -hmm. is that good and bad. Mm. Oh, we just had a little bit. Of a glitch there. So, oh, we just had a little bit of a glitch. So you might need to repeat that again for us. Right. Okay. Sorry. So when we talk about what is good and, and what is bad, right? Because there's this polarity, right? Good and bad. What mm -hmm. is good and bad? 
I believe that good is when there's no selfishness. And what is bad is when you have selfishness. For example, if I am bad towards you, right? I do something bad to you. It means that I, I, I am being selfish because I want to do whatever or I want to take something from you or I want to cause something onto you regardless of what you feel, right? right? So I am doing something regardless. So I will do it. So that's selfish. But when I am not being selfish, I care about what you are feeling or what is happening to you. So that debate that you're talking about, you know, the mother was there teaching and, you know, uh, there was two sides, you can spot the goodness, the, the, the sides that was good, not that the other side was bad, but you mm -hmm. could spot that side is not being selfish. The other one might be being a little bit selfish. So that's the difference, I guess, between good and bad. So yeah. I wanted to, um, not necessarily that's where I wanted to start the conversation, but I'm glad that we, I'm glad that we did. Um, Me too. With karma, actually. That word, um, um, I, I, I call it stinky type, but it's one of those words that makes me go, eh, you know, mm. only because it gets used, I think, improperly. People toss it around like a, a buzzword without really understanding what it what it is um the same as the terms love and light like love and light mm -hmm. is an is another oh. term that kind of gets tossed around without maybe really understanding the intention in which it 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 can or shoulda coulda woulda be used um mm. so maybe we could start our conversation with you talking about exactly what karma or cause and effect if you can talk about those sure carolyn i really share this thing with you about the word karma and I'm so glad that you mentioned it because karma sounds a bit heavy, doesn't it? Like, mm -hmm. and sometimes we use or we see karma as something that is nefarious and something that is like a punishment or something mm -hmm. even intricate that we can't understand. What does that mean? You know, what karma is. So let's just talk about what karma is, right? Um, so karma is basically... A, an experience, right? An action that has to occur for you or for any being to amend a past wrongdoing, right? Or a lesson that wasn't learned, then you have to repeat somehow that lesson. So basically, karma is similar to the loss of cause and effect, now, let me just talk about the laws of cause and effects because they are very okay. similar to karma, but they're not quite the same, right? So the laws of cause and effects, they are a natural movement in the universe. And because we all beings are in the universe, in either in the physical universe or in the astral or mental universe, right? Um, we are subjected to that movement. So for example... If I do some, if I punch the wall, right, the same um, pressure that I apply onto the wall, the wall will apply onto my hand, right? So this is like a natural movement. If I throw a, a stone um, in the sea, so that is a movement, you know, I will cause a movement, right, back. Right. So it's pretty much natural. The difference between, so when you do something towards, 
anyone in the world, in the universe, that will come back to you. That's the law of cause and effect. However, the law of the karma, as we talk about, you know, for our progress, karma is basically that law, but there's a plan around that law. There's a, a, a meticulous plan. You plan, you modify that uh, experience that you have to go through. So when that thing, that experience, that experience is coming back, there is a modification. You can modify, you can plan around it. So let's say, I'll give you an example. Let's say that in your previous life, you had a child, but then you abandoned the child because you had to live, you know, a, a life of maybe fun. You were being selfish, maybe, you know, you could have raised the child, but you decided to just go and have a good life. In the next life, your karma means that it's either you choosing it or you are advised to go under that circumstance. In your, in your next life, you can come with that same child, but now that child will be disabled. And now that is a karma. Why? You love the child and taking care of the child is the most important thing for you. But now you don't have the option. You have to go through that. So before you would have in the previous life, you would have to have raised the child. But now you have to compensate, right? So you have to give a lot more. So this is karma. Obviously, we're talking about something quite heavy here, right? Wow, well, I abandoned a child and now I have to take care of, you know, and, and there's no escape. So the laws of cause and effect are natural. Karma, yeah. you can kind of modify or change. So for example, if you, in your previous life, abandoned a child, right? So you created that uh, imbalance in, you know, in your lives. And then 20 years later, you regret, you can't find the child anymore, but now you start taking care of other children because you feel remorse and right. you're doing so much. See, you are shortening your karma because you are learning the lesson and you are doing right. something good to mitigate that, that you caused. So now it's not the, the, the law of cause and effect because the effect is going to be diminished and then we're talking about karma. So you, you asked me to start talking about karma. And that's the difference I want to put yeah. in here. That yeah. for us humans, we are dealing with karma. So we modify, we plan animals. We are dealing with cause and effect only, not karma. And why? Well, yes. So the, the main reason is because from insects right yeah. in here on planet earth i'm talking about planet earth but that extends to other planets in other plans uh, planes so from insects to humans we are experiencing something called instinct right so obviously when yeah. you talk about cockroaches ants, bees they they are all 100 ruled by instincts right and then you, you, you change the species, right? You go to, let's say, cats and dogs. Mm -hmm. They are mostly ruled by um, instincts, but they are also 
now developing some sort of emotion towards a species other than their own. And they are thinking their line of thought is short, shorter than ours, but they are already having short ideas, glimpses of ideas, of thoughts. So see, they are not commanded 100% by instinct. And you can see this difference uh, in between all the, the, the realms, I mean, all of the kingdom, the realms of insects and, and amphibians and mammals, and it goes like that, up to the most complex animals here on Earth, which are elephants and dogs and dolphins and, you know, cats and goats and pigs. So remember, instinct, right? The more evolved here on planet Earth that you are, the more complex you are, the less instinct you have. The more basic or more primitive you are, the more instinct that individual right. or that insect will be, right? So animals, as they are ruled or commanded mostly by their instincts, they cannot decide what is good and what is bad. Remember that we were talking about selfish, selfishness. Right. Um, so they can't. So what they are doing is never evil, right? So when a lion, obviously for me, it's really sad to see a lion going after, a, you know, an animal or something like that. But when they do that, they're not being evil. That's the only thing that they can do because their instincts are telling them to. The instinct, it's, it's a an intelligence, but it's a, an intelligence of the cells, right, of your soul, but it's not thought, it's not intellect, it's not reasoning. So they are not reasoning. So they're not deciding right. on being evil or causing harm or hurt, right? Therefore, they are, because they don't have this reasoning, right? They can't be told, oh, you're doing something bad. However, for us humans, because we have, uh, we still have instincts, right? But because we have so much for our species, right, for this planet, because we have so much uh, intellect and reasoning, we can decide exactly what we are doing when we are in a normal state, right? So I can decide if I am being evil or if I'm doing good, if I'm, if I'm being benevolent, if I'm, if I'm right. being compassionate. So we can decide this gives us this responsibility and that's karma. Because we are now deciding on. It's not our, our instincts. Right. I'll give you an example of, you know, how instincts play on us, if you allow me. So um, let's say that we, I mean, what are the basic instincts that we have? I mean, that, you know, everyone, all of the animals here on earth have. It's the instinct of um, procreation, right? It's the instinct of um, um, keeping themselves, uh, keep it, keep, keeping alive, get, collecting food, right? right? So, you know, I need to get food, I need to, to survive, so I need to eat, yeah. yeah. And, you know, so they're basics, right? These two. We have those, right? They are now small in, in comparison to our reasoning. But let me tell you, when you have a regrettable sexual fantasy, right? And you see some, you know, crimes related to sex, for example. Mm -hmm. What are they? 
they are a mix of instinct, right? The, 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 the desire, the, the, the physical senses desire to, to have sex, but then they mingle with their regrettable thoughts, their regrettable ideas, their reasoning, which is right. distorted. And then see, they are getting something that was just an intelligence of their bodies to procreate, to now become a monster, right? So we are using our intellect and we are sometimes amplifying and modifying these, these instincts that we still have, right? So see, we are deciding on that. So that's why we have karma. We decide on things. Animals, they don't. So uh, that's why we are in the laws of karma, because we can then fix that, because we decided to do good or harm or not. The animals, they are not deciding. It, it's an more... impulse and they can't control. So sorry, I didn't. I interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, 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 that's at all. Um, so the more people raising their conscious awareness and, and becoming, um, choosing more consciously uh, shifts the collective energy is that is that how you would see that like the more the more that people become consciously aware of of how their choices ripple energetically out um will make a difference yeah absolutely i think that you know if we think in this way right um we are here remember i said from insects to humans what we are doing here right incarnate in this planet here is that we are trying to get rid of our instincts right so that's what we are trying to do obviously we're trying to progress um spiritually and we have to before we leave this planet to another plane another consciousness another uh, dimension if you may we can't bring these earthly instincts with us you know so from insects to humans, we are doing these, right? We are more advanced in, in those terms, humans, because we've been there before. The insects yeah. are just starting. Um, so if we understand now that I have to get rid of my instincts, and that's not something bad, what we are doing is because we are developing reasoning and intellect and obviously then compassion and fraternity and all of that, we know that those choices are more important than the instincts, the remains of instincts that we still have, right? right? So it's about choosing and making an effort. So obviously, it's not easy, but that's how we progress. So if we discarnate now, right, we die now, we're going to see ourselves in the astral plane on the same terms of what we are now. We're not going to become angels just because we, you know, discarded our physical bodies and we're not going to become demons. We are just like experiencing the same thing, the same emotions. So if yeah. I had an addiction, I'll still have an addiction there. Not, not necessarily that I will yeah. take things in there, right? But I, I might just become an obsessor of someone who still takes. But anyways, that's another conversation. What I'm saying is, <laughs> I agree. once you were there, yeah in the other plane, you are still carrying with you all of those, all of the junk that you were doing here on earth, right? So 
that's why I'm saying, you know, when we choose consciously to be to be in good, to be compassionate and to choose not the way towards um, uh, instinct, but the way towards reasoning and reasoning encompasses um, compassion. Right. Reasoning is not about like this. Um, oh, you know, I have books and, you know, I, I read a lot and I'm quite well read and educated. No, it has to do with compassion because, yeah. you know, there are some points in our lives, not necessarily on this planet, that we start knowing so much that we understand that love is actual not just a cute thing that we are talking about on earth love is actually expansion and connection so that that's i th yeah i think i don't know if i made it much clearer or yeah much... no i think you did a great job thank you and yeah. i i agree with you and and you can tell um i i say this all the time thoughts words your deeds and actions all need to be in alignment And you can say something, but not feel it and, or uh, not put the, the action in behind something and, and it will feel off. And if you are a sensitive person, you can feel when people's, um, when they're out of alignment, when it, when it, when it's not there, like, yeah. And that our definitely. thoughts, our thoughts are also energy and our thoughts are going to come first. Right. I know that. In, um, so you know, I've, I've talked about this with clients and that, how I've raised my children too, right? We, we all can have a negative thought that will come up, but I'm like this clear, cancel and delete that. Thank you very much. <laughs> We're just going to clear, yeah, cancel and delete. Definitely. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then why did it come out that way? And now I need to think about why and how can I do this differently? Right. Right. That's great. Yeah. That's, I, I think I, kind of do the same a little bit you know it's trying yeah. to replace what is there yeah. right replace or you know make an effort it's not about faking it no it's about choosing yeah right you yeah. you know there's a phrase that i really like which is your mind is an instrument don't let it play you oh that's lovely yeah yeah so you play it so you master it yeah yeah that's wonderful I have always, uh, from the time I was very little, been able to see and hear people that are crossed over. So that's just been my whole, that's been my yeah. whole being. So having children, my children as little beings were having the same experiences. So that was when that decision to move into um, this world um, full, full time, but just because I was having those experiences didn't mean that I understood everything. There yeah. was still so much learning uh, to do. And uh, when you were talking about someone who passes when they've um, made choices that um, were not in alignment for them, to, for their growth, not in alignment mm -hmm. for their, their spiritual growth. I've had sessions with people who, you know, say that they've told their, their, children that their loved one that's died is now their guardian angel and i always cringe when i hear that because mm. i'm like are you sure you want that family member to be your guardian angel right now yeah <laughs> like are you are you sure about that <laughs> are they that advanced mm -hmm. you know? and, and so a lot of um learning like a, you know expanding expanding that um awareness that there's growth and lessons and everything that that 
that we do and and that extends when we die that um, mm-hmm. those lessons are that are still there but another question that i get a lot well and they do come into i mean uh pets come in all the time i've had everything from guinea pigs to horses and cats and dogs mm, come, come through in spirit for their for their um yeah for their owners for their their family member when when they're having sessions so that is a question that gets asked you know where do they where do they go and mm-hmm. will they be there when when i yeah well that's so I lovely that's so lovely what you do. I'd love to actually talk to you more about that because I'd like, I'd love to get more of your, you know, experiences and input. Um, so, you know, according to, you know, all of my, you know, research, but not only research, because it sounds something like robotic, but, you know, I, you know, Clinical. I have my sensitivities, but obviously, you know, I'm basing the book on research yeah. is that um, when you have a, when you have domestic, domesticated animals, with you right so you have a dog a cat a guinea pig or something like that right what happens is that they are now interacting with a human being or with various human beings right so now they are connecting to to a species other than their own which means that now they're not wild beasts they are not animals in the jungle they are interacting and that interaction generate something beyond their instincts because remember their instincts would guide right. them right. right to only like be together with their own species and do the things that they had to do but now you see um caroline if you have a dog right let's say that the dog has a, a puppy right maybe that puppy or the mother they love you more than they love their own species they're waiting for you to go back home and they are like crazy for you and they're so jealous about you. And, they, you know, so you see, wow, this is beyond their instincts, right? So, you know, all of these animals, they start developing something that in nature, in the wilderness, amongst their own species, they wouldn't develop. They're developing this sense of connection and these emotions with yeah. humans. And obviously, you have their energetic centers uh, being expanded because of these, you know, like the heart chakra that we talk about, you know, and even the throat chakra so they can communicate. So this is being there, like it's exercising mm-hmm. when we are interacting with them. It's growing in them, right? And now because of these, they can no longer, let's say, reincarnate in the forest, in the jungle. Now they will be interacting to humans and using that to propel their spiritual growth. And that is helping humans too. So the question that you asked, like, where do they go? There are two diff- two questions. If the animals are um, collective souls, right? Collective souls are insects and very primitive animals who reside in a colony. They are group souls. What are they? They do not, they are not spirits, but they behave collectively as one spirit. So their energy that permeates their, their beings, right, right, is a very complex sort of energy containing information and data, but they are not spirits. So let's say that you have a hundred ants. If one of them dies, 
that one is not going to reincarnate, right? Now, that energy that was permeating that ant goes back to the group as though that's a soul, right? Eventually, that energy that permeates all of those ants will migrate as the astral body and the etheric body, right? The energy, right. so to say, to other beings, right? So the data, right? The, 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 the information is going back right. to other beings, right? It's not lost. And when you find more complex animals in the wilderness, right? Uh, they re When they die, they go back to reincarnation right after. When we say right after or immediate reincarnation, we don't mean in seconds, but we mean in hours or days. So they go back to reincarnation. And reincarnation is the exact time when the sperm meets the egg, right? Reincarnation is not when they are within like in the same species. Sorry? So within their their same species. So that complex um animal that's out in the wild when they die and reincarnate they're coming back within that same species the same species yeah yeah mm -hmm. at some point obviously they will migrate to another species so after having developed so much and learned so much and polished their instincts they now are ready to migrate to another type of uh, animal what i found interesting in your book that whole concept of migrating to a different species yeah. Yeah, it's, it's I'm still wrapping my head around it. So I was really excited to have the conversation. <laughs> oh, that's so good. They have because this, sometimes this... hearing helps me process a little more than just reading. So yeah, yeah, right. Because I want to I, I just want to like pass with mm -hmm. my own sound words, you know, know. what it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so for example, that ant that I was talking about, right? Mm -hmm. We're not reincarnate, but the energy will grow be back to the group and eventually that energy will migrate to other ants and it's going to be like that for a while and eventually that energy i'm just calling it energy because it sounds more you know kind of okay i can understand that right yeah. so it's a complex kind of loose soul migrates to other ants and it goes like that and eventually it starts migrating right naturally and continuously to other insects who are more developed or who are now more complex and right. it goes like that when they become when an animal becomes individualized right we can say that this animal is a spirit right so the animal is an ataman right ataman is just a term that we use to um mean that that's a little bit of a, a tiny piece of god if you may use this you know that detached to seek individuality, right? right? So mammals, for for instance, they are individuals, but ants are not, right? The whole group would be individuals. Even if you separate the ants kilometers away, right? The, the energy won't see a, a distance, right? It will migrate back to the nearby insects or the most... Right. Um, similar insects nearby. So distance in this planet is not a, a deal, really. Um, so the, the animals in wilded, like the, the, the individualized animals in the jungle, they will reincarnate right after. After hours, they will, that astral body will connect, right, 
to other beings of similar species of the same species or if they are in time of progressing another species so for example you have some sort of tiger and then that tiger will eventually become reincarnate uh, in a lion if the lion's more complex if you know what i mean in terms yeah. of less instinct and more brain function etc 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 when you have these animals at home right especially the, the domesticated ones right horses um elephants you know so many people in india do you know have elephants around so i don't want to make it like oh you know your elephant um dogs cats etc yeah. um as i said they are developing connection and emotion so now they cannot just reincarnate you know as you know a bunch of animals reincarnating together you know and they cannot just now be away from humans so when you have a dog and the dog dies what happens is for a few weeks that dog will still remain at home for half of the time the other half of the time that's just an estimate the other half of the time, that dog is going to be sent by benevolent spirits who work in the field. And I probably will do that when I die, hopefully. <laughs> um, they bring these dogs to what we call it a spiritual community or a spiritual colony where so many other of these animals are. They are being taken care of for a while and preparing for a new reincarnation. Why is that dog is still in I've that? Seen that. Yeah. In, in a session, I've seen that. And, and I said, this dog is, this is, so they bump up against me. So I feel them physically first. And then I kind of get the gist of how big they are. And then they present to me where I can see what they looked wow. like. And wow. um, I was, I was sharing with this client that her dog was coming through and this is what they were showing me. And they'll show me like a, a, their view of what their home was with that person so i know for sure that this oh, animal wow. is who they say they are but yeah anyway the, the dog was running around with a whole bunch of other dogs and then she thought maybe it wasn't her dog because they didn't have other dogs and i'm like no <laughs> it's like one yeah. big dog heaven they're just yeah. like happy and all together all of these animals are all together so yeah yeah that was a validation for me when i was um you know, hearing this your is, point of view about that. This is one that's beautiful. And that's 100%. So, you know, as I said, when they die, right, like, we're talking about the first weeks, right mm -hmm. after death. So they remain at home. So that's why I say don't move the little bed or their toys, keep them there. It's just because for them, they don't know they died. They don't know that situation. And they're not suffering. So if they had a newness or something, they're not particularly suffering, because they are not mentally processing that or they're not attached because they don't even know what happened so yeah. they're not suffering particularly so they are half of the time at home and half of the time at that place where they're preparing for a new reincarnation within a new family or even the same family right um after a while right when the dog then gets accustomed to the new place right the colony or the community uh, of dogs there um then they don't have to come back anymore however they are still accessible 
right? So mm -hmm. it's not that like, oh, okay, you know, they're, they're in the community, so they're not here. No, you, for example, as a medium, you can still connect yeah. to, 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 to the dog there. Eventually, the dog will be sent to a reincarnation in a family where the dog has had a bond or maybe another family to learn something else and progress or maybe back to your family, your own family. So that's why I say when you lose a pet, don't feel scared or, you know, to suffer again. Oh, I'm not going to get another dog because I will suffer again. Well, you just may be like, you know, preventing yourself from getting back to your friend. Yeah. When that dog reincarnates, right, even if that dog there, Teddy, let's call it Teddy, even when Teddy, you know, reincarnates in another family, a medium, and now, you know, Carolyn, that's what I, you know, saw, a medium, a medium can still get in touch with that dog, and the dog will appear as its previous appearance, right? Mm -hmm. So that's not lost. So you can still connect and you're connecting to the, to the very same dog, right? Because it's not lost. Remember, these reincarnations are just personalities of the same spirit. That's what I wanted to ask. Yeah, it's, it's um, like part of the collective whole. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that a good way? Yes, to, absolutely. Like, yes. Yeah. When I said, you know, that we dogs you know animals people yeah. we are individuals it means that we are a spirit we have we are the atomin and we have all of these other vehicles mm -hmm. right around so we have for example now we have obviously a physical body but the physical body is a vehicle for the astral body right so mm -hmm. we can experience and progress here in the physical plane and the same thing is the physical, the, the astral body for the mental bodies. So the mental uh, bodies, right, mm -hmm. is experiencing life, if you may, in the astral realm, using the astral body as a vehicle, right? right. But, you know, we have the atomen. The atomen is the, let's say, this tiny piece of God, if you may, right? It's, it's what you are. So you don't change that ever. Right. So obviously these dogs, right? They are individuals. So they are one spirit and they having different reincarnations. And in each reincarnation, they look different and they have a different name like us, right? Now I am David in a previous life. I was Mukunda in India. No, that's just not, that's just an example, right? Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah. But, you know, so... You know, that's how things are. Um, so when that dog is already reincarnated or is still in the community or is still in the house, the medium can still contact them, can still like visualize if, you know, obviously uh, it's possible. Yeah. And they sometimes can clients see. are hearing them. Like they'll hear the footsteps or they'll feel like something has laid on the bed with them. So, you know, I, I always say that's, that's not... Um, that is your truth. And so you can own that. And just, you don't have to share that with someone who's going to squash that for you. Absolutely. You, you just own what your truth is and yeah. you're having that real experience, which is your truth. And um, absolutely. It's interesting. I was, I was teaching a class here in my, my home over the weekend and someone looked around in the corner and she asked me, did you have a cat die? And I said, I didn't have a cat die, but we inherited one. 
So wow. it was interesting that I had cl- like students here who saw the same cat that we have seen in spirit kind of roaming around this. Wow. Yeah. House. That's, I mean, yeah, maybe like that's also the, I mean, it could all, I mean, I wasn't there, so I can't say, but it yeah. could either be then the spirit or it could be maybe the mental um, Im- oh, manifestation. Like an imprint? Imprints, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That makes sense too. And I hadn't thought about it that way, but definitely it, it roams around and let itself be known. Now, what yeah. about clients that have asked, um, who feel that their human loved one that has passed can reincarnate as an animal? Yeah, so that won't happen. That doesn't I, happen. I know, but some people yeah. really want it to happen. Yeah, it's not going to happen. So basically, uh, we can't retrograde. We can't. Re- we can't go back in evolution, yeah. right? We can be stagnant. We can be. We can remain where we are. Right. Right for a certain amount of time, but you yeah. cannot go back in evolution. Right. So humans will never reincarnate as any animal. Right. Yeah. And for the other way around right an animal reincarnating as human it is possible however it, it happens just however, educate me i want to i want to hear more about this because yeah that's it, I it's actually i i i was trying to wrap my my head around that but then when i'm hearing you and it's it's about the evolution yeah. and the more conscious awareness and i and i think um like if we can segue just a little bit too it's it's expanding what I thought I knew about where they go too. It could be an alternate mm-hmm. reality, a different dimension. It's not just one singular place. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So, um, right. I just put a whole lot on you to have to discuss. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> um, look, no, no, no. Look, um, so <laughs> animals here on earth, right? Yeah. When we're talking about an animal that is, I mean, animals of any species, they are always progressing to another group, another family of animals, right? Right. So, for example, that's just an example. This particular um, shark is across the, the, the centuries passing to another group of sharks and then eventually, you know, moving. So all animals will start moving, moving. They never like reincarnating, you know, a billion times in the same species. It doesn't exist, right? It's not like that. Progress happens all the time. Um, so when you have the most complex animals here of on Earth, complex would mean with intellect or with some sort of line thought that is not that short. So we're talking about the domesticated animals, aforementioned you know elephants etc etc goats pigs pigs yeah they're extremely intelligent and they have a lot of intellect so they are really pardon they emote they they yeah they express so much and and they are really like on the verge of leaving that kingdom and they are they you know um so what happens is that um Eventually, they will not be spiritually, right? They will not be fit for a reincarnation 
in that same species, which is the limit, the maximum, right, here um. on Earth. So, for example, let's just pretend for a second that dogs are the most evolved type of animal here on Earth, okay? Dogs. So, above dogs are humans, right? So, after a period of time, you have that dog who is extremely intelligent, extremely sensitive, extremely intuitive. You know, we see so, some dogs that you yeah. look at them and I'm like, oh my God, you, you know what yeah. I mean, you know? Like, yeah. this dog is definitely very intelligent and, you know, self-aware and wow. Let's just say that dog now, another incarnation in a physical body of a dog, you know, even of that same species, it's not necessary anymore. And it's not going to bring that dog further development, further spiritual growth. So right. now that dog, what happens is that, oh, is that dog now going to reincarnate as a human? Not necessarily. So for example, the dog will go to another planet. When I mean another planet, I don't mean physical planet. The dog will go to another plane. It could be either here, a plane around the earth, yeah. Or another planet, a nearby planet, Venus or Mars. Again, not the physical planet, the astral planet yeah. in that location. And then reincarnate there as a more evolved animal. More than what he or she was in here. So they will be a lot more aware and intelligent and self-aware and you know, than they were here. Or they might even go to another planet, again, another place, astral place, where they will reincarnate, not in the physical plane, but in the astral plane, they will reincarnate there as a primitive type of human, right? So when I mean like these other planets, just understand that, you know, in the universe, right, we don't only have planet Earth. Right. Mm -hmm. And 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 the astral plane of the earth, we have other ones happening. Yeah. Right? They, they are there. We're not just Earth. We have to stop with these. So they might go there and you know progress in this way. And eventually, after being like a more intelligent and aware animal in Venus, for right. example, right? After a while that they can then come back to Earth and reincarnate here as humans as a primitive human. Primitive, I mean, I know the word sounds really bad, but primitive, I mean that in their first reincarnations here as humans, they might just be a miscarriage and then they will just like die after birth or they might even be born with some disability, right? Or they will just, you know, maybe not be so complex because they are just adjusting to a new kind of astral reality, right? And another astral body, another body. Right. So animals can reincarnate as humans. Yes, but they will first develop themselves elsewhere. You're not going to jump from dog to human, right? right? Like, okay, you died as dog 10 years later or 20 years later. Oh, that's, you know, that was my dog. 
this girl yeah. was my dog in a previous life. No, right? It will take a while. But right. it happens. But you'll take a while. Yeah, I just find that fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. Like, and I watched, um, when I was preparing for our interview today, I had watched you do a talk when you were, um, it was it was about this, but it was actually about dinosaurs. And I think that's oh. when it was like, oh, that sort of like really was a wow. Yeah. Wow. Would, yeah. Do you want to? Definitely. So dinosaurs. It's the same you know, sort of thing, but you were talking about dinosaurs and I'm like, of course then. Yeah. Look, the thing about dinosaurs is that first of all, they are, they were animals. Yeah. Right. So that's the first thing. Uh, they they are animals. They were animals. So if they were animals, they were probably spirits and some of them group spirits. So yeah. evolution. And when I mean evolution, I mean spiritual progress occurs for everyone from the stones, you know, from mineral kingdom to archangels. You know, we are all evolving yeah. and we're not stopping. And that's really right. when I was talking about the wow in the book, I was, I think that I had thought of myself in a certain box and realized that I wasn't really fully opening to seeing from a bigger perspective. And, and really mm. the, your, your book pointed out those areas where I needed to look bigger. Oh, that's so good. I'm so glad. Yeah. They had a look. I'm so yeah, interrupted. So sorry. <laughs> no, no, not at all. You are joining in, and um, yeah. So dinosaurs, they were animals, so they were progressing spiritually, and I mean, they are still. But where are those spirits now? We're talking about Caroline. Um, six. How many? millions uh, of years millions. ago yeah. 66 yeah like so many millions you know uh, so we're talking about a long 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 time those spirits are not stagnant they're not stuck in time they have progressed they are still progressing right those spirits of dinosaurs they are not on earth anymore right they are in a very kind of like high not high level, but they are mostly the individuals back then. They are above where we humans are now, because obviously, when there was the the um, uh, comet or asteroid That's hit right. impacting the Earth, and you know they got instincts, most of them ninety percent. They obviously died, and their spirits had to go elsewhere. They weren't just like floating here around the earth for millions and millions and millions of years they migrated right collectively all of that you know bunch migrated to other mm -hmm. planets to there become their local primitive animals or that dinosaurs in the other right. planet right and then they were developing there if something happened in that planet they migrated they got exiled you know they are moving and they are migrating and they are evolving and they are going from species to species right and the same in the same way that the evolution of species occur here right so you have when you see a chicken uh, or a bird you can say wow your ancestors 
back in the um, days of dinosaurs, they were this dinosaur, right? We yeah. always see these, oh, you know, these are the ancestors of these and that, or the lizard looks like a dinosaur, etc. Well, pretty much like the evolution of species happen, right? The evolution of the spirit happens, right? So um, that's what I mean. Those spirits there of, of the dinosaurs, they are... Right. They don't look like dinosaurs anymore. They are evolved. They are not like semi-gods, but they are really evolved, most of them, right? Um, and that's what I want to say. So the animals that are today here, the relatives of those um, dinosaurs, right? When we see crocodiles and sharks and lizards, lizards and birds who had their ancestors as those dinosaurs, they are only related in terms of biology, in terms of, you know, DNA, really. They are not spiritually the same beings or does that make sense? So those yep. dinosaurs there, they are not reincarnating as, you know, dinosaurs and the same species forever. No, they are migrating, right? Planet yeah. Earth is a school, right? The real world is there. Here, it's a dense yeah. physical school. Right. Yeah. So that's why we humans and animals come here to learn for a while or to do and, you know, uh, undergo some things for a while. And then we go back there. We only reincarnate here. We only still reincarnate here until we uh, can absorb everything we can and do everything we have to. It's pretty much like school. You, you're not on the eighth grade forever. Once yeah. that school is done, it's done. You move to uni. You know, you go. Yeah and you do your doctorate yeah. and, and and it goes like that so yeah for, for the and you have to be part, you have to be willing to be uncomfortable like learning can be uncomfortable when you absolutely. are self-reflecting and and having accountability it, it can be yeah. raw and uncomfortable but how long do you want to sit in the raw and uncomfortable so learn it quick <laughs> absolutely <laughs> that, that keep moving forward true. right like yeah. That's so true. I mean, if we see, like, not only for us humans, but if we see that, you know, planet Earth, right, is a school, right, we have to remember that we are still in a very dense physical body and we are in a dense world, right? So we are going to experience dense reality, right? So we are dealing with pain, physical pain. I mean, when you get born... You know, it's painful. Sometimes when you die, it's painful. During your life, it's painful. You know, you've got to do things. You've got to eat. You've got to walk. You know what I mean? It's difficult. It is difficult, right? If you compare that to a spiritual mm -hmm. um, reality where you are liberated in a certain mm -hmm. frequency, right? You can just teleport and you can think telepathically, uh, come uh, talk telepathically, I mean, Um you know, and you don't feel pain and you don't age. So see, we are undergoing so much here on, on this planet. So we have to understand that this is a school. We have to come here. We can have some fun. We can have happy moments. We can, you know, yeah. share love and do all of that. But you have to remember this place here is for my spirit to become better. I'm polishing my spirit. So that will be a little bit of pain, learning, fixing right how to become more benevolent how to become more spiritual because it's so easy to be 
to being uh, physical, right? Because you just, you just as we talked earlier, you can just be selfish because it's easier, right? No, get it for me and what matter is me, myself and I, right? It's very easy. But being compassionate is difficult. Sharing is difficult. Letting go is difficult, right? So that's what we are doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you are just tuning into... Um, our show today, you are listening to Spirit Switchboard on the United Public Radio Network and the UFO Paranormal Radio Network, 105.3 and 107.7 New Orleans. We have David Barreto on the show talking about animal spirituality today. So thank you for being here. It's, there's so much. I, you know, originally, um, I had, um, surface questions, surface questions Mm -hmm. that that I had when I originally had reached out to you and then had the opportunity to read through the book. And then it just shifted in a totally different direction in how. Yeah. We just talked so much about everything, right? That new thing starts coming up. Yeah. It's, there's so, um, so many layers to it. uh, Then just, you know, does my animal go, to I have in place and do they come back? There's so much more to it. One of the yeah. other things um, when I was going, I I actually have like four pages of notes like that are stickied in front of me mm. <laughs> that we probably are not going to get to all of it today. Yeah, but one of the right. other one of the other things that I found, um, and I don't know why I had, of course, like why why wouldn't it have been um, infestations? when uh when we were talking uh when i was um reading about it and when i had listened to uh you talk about it it just made it made so much sense because we if we walk into a room where somebody has argued we can feel that energy that's in in the room and if somebody is overthinking and they're frenzied we can feel all of that energy and so when you're talking about infestations whether it's they're picking up on our thought forms and energy is that right yeah yeah definitely I'm like, oh, 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 that just makes so much sense to me. So um, can you can you share the whole backstory um, to that? Sure. Absolutely, Karen. That's so good that you touched uh, you touched on that point because we have then an opportunity to talk about insects. Yes. Um, so and accountability is, again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, look, the thing is nature. And when I talk about nature, I'm talking about the physical nature So I'm talking about really the world, physical, and nature as in etheric nature or the nature of energies, which is basically similar to the world here, but in another frequency, right? Just, you know, kind of, let's just think that all of the atoms are expanded and thus they are lighter and, right? So it's another frequency. So nature... Carolyn, will always um, try to balance out everything, right? So nature will always try to balance out everything. So if we have uh, some species in the wilderness or if we have, you know, a colony of ants or if we have a tree falling down, nature will balance out 
that, you know, unbalance. Okay. So we have to think this way first, right? Yeah. So let's say that you go to, um, you know, the middle of the woods, right? And you start imprinting your thoughts there, right? Because we think we physically, we can't see it. But in the astral realm, we can, or not even the astral realm, you can see the the influence of your thoughts and your emotions. They are not just around your aura. They are influencing the the, the space around you and they get getting imprints around you, right? When we think, when we feel it's there, it's not a mystical idea. You are actually generating that, right? The little images they are getting imprint and that physical area is becoming similar to what your thoughts are projecting right so let's say that your thoughts are projecting a cinnamon smell which is really favorable right your walls let's just understand this way your walls eventually will start smelling like cinnamon that's what i mean the little cinnamons here around, you know, that's how energy will imprint on things. And you can see after a while, you can see the cinnamon and you can the smell and a cake with cinnamon on the top, etc. So let's say that you are in, in your uh, bungalow or in your house, right? And you see spiders coming in or any other type of insects coming in, right? Obviously, those insects are there to balance out the place not because you are there or because you are projecting thoughts it's because well they are there where they live and they will try to go there and live their lives and you know eat and dwell and you know do all of that now when you are at home right so you are far from the wilderness where there's no reason, physical reasons why the spiders or the whatever insects will enter your house. Obviously, they can still enter your house, but we're talking about a infestation. We're not talking right. about one ant or one spider or right. three mosquitoes, right? You're talking about infestation. What happens is because you are imprinting that particular thought in there, those insects there, they will be attracted to the house or to the flat, to the, your apartment, to balance out as though they are in nature because they don't see a difference between I am in the jungle and I am in the big city. I am yeah. in the forest. I am in an apartment, right? For them, obviously, unconsciously, right? They are just balancing, balancing out and nature is bringing me here. I am bringing myself here with my group. So if you are, let me just make it quicker. If you are um, at home and you are not studying, if you are not thinking, right? If your thoughts are stagnant, if your thoughts are not producing anything and they are repetitive, spiders will be attracted and they and then you're going to see spiders and spider webs all over the place after a while. Why? Because spiders, they have these, let's call it energy again. They have this energy of labor, but it's a labor that requires intellect. They do not have intellect. They have instinct. But remember that instinct is an intelligent mechanism, right? So they don't have to think to have that instinct. 
Well, instinct is intelligence. So they are adding to that place lacking mental labor. They are adding their work there to balance out. Obviously, for the spider, the spider is not doing that to, to help you or, you know, to balance out anything. For the spider, you know, they're doing that because they want to catch mosquitoes and other bugs, right? And they're doing what they are told by their instincts. But we are talking about metaphysics here. And metaphysics is the reason behind everything, the, the, the primal reason. Right. So if you have a, uh, if you have an infestation of spiders, we can always find physical reasons. Well, you know, because you have holes on the wall and because you live nearby these trees where, you know, many spiders live or because of these and that. That's okay. That's the physical reasons and they are true, right? I agree with them. But why are you in that particular house? Why do you live there and why you don't live elsewhere? Why those spiders entered your house now and not two months ago? You know, we start like investigating the whys, right? Mm -hmm. the, the primal reason that generated the encounter of you and the infestation. So those spiders, they are there donating, right? Their energy of mental labor to your house because you are not doing that. When you have ants infesting your place, right? And you clean your kitchen and you don't leave food crumbles on the floor. And, you know, it's so annoying and you have so many ants and you don't understand why. Ants, they ooze this energy of sweetness, right? They're very sweet. They're very kind. Obviously, we are not talking about them deliberately. So it's not that they mean to be kind. Actually, they will bite you, right? They will sting you or whatever they do. But yeah. what I mean is that the essence, right, the energy permeating them is very similar to the energy of that we link to kindness and being sweet, right? So when you have a lot Community. of um, ants in your kitchen or in your house, it's because their place lacks sweetness. It lacks the joy of being sweet, being really kind, right? Being really graceful. Right. So then you can find, you know, physical reasons for the ants to be there. You're like, OK, it's because, you know, we are eating uh, foods and sugar. Uh, why are you eating so much sugar? Maybe you are lacking sweetness. You know what I mean? And you, ha you have to compensate. So those ants are being attracted there, obviously, to do to do their jobs. But in terms of metaphysics, they are going there to balance out. So your kitchen was lacking lots of sweetness and they are bringing the sweetness back right mm -hmm. once you bring sweetness back to the kitchen or to the family to the house they will go away why because that's that's going to be too sweet for them they don't have to balance out anymore nature won't have to send them there anymore how do you make a kitchen a sweeter place you have to start doing things that make you really happy there you have mm -hmm. to decorate your, your kitchen, you know. And I mean, just like, you know, putting a plant there, a nice picture, you know, a colorful picture, candles, you know, or something that makes you feel like, wow, I love this place. And, you know, and I, I, and I have a good conversation in here. Whenever I'm in the kitchen mm -hmm. with my daughter, I talk to her and we hug or whatever. See, you are donating so much sweetness to that kitchen that the kitchen will become sweet. And that's true for the whole house 
And for the whole thing of uh, infestation with um, ants, they will donate sweetness because that's lacking sweetness. And, you know, there are so, you know, do you know what, Caroline? Let me tell you that last night, I, in the evening, I had some sort of an argument yesterday, right? Not an argument, but something kind of like, you know, I had a conversation that wasn't very pleasant, right? right. Can you believe that yesterday, I swear to you, I dreamt of um, bed bugs. And I was like, oh, there's, you know, bed bugs in this, uh, in this bedroom. And I have to throw these very sofa away you know i mean and and they were biting my legs and i was really scratching my my legs and i really thought during the night that i was going to wake up with bed bugs and you know my legs were scratching um so you see the the, the bed bugs right bed bugs specifically they occur when you are having a conflict in that place you're having a mm. conflict with someone else, but you don't want to say, right? You don't want to, there's a conflict, but you don't want to confront because you know that confrontation will lead to something worse. So you right. have to endure that. Yeah, exactly. You have to endure. So bad bugs will lead to that, right? Um, termites as well, they will, um, when you have them, right? Those little things eating your wood, right? Eating the cupboard and things. That is a sign that something is deteriorating, right? So something mm -hmm. needs, needs to change, right? So you need to change emotionally. So there are emotions and residues of emotions within you that they are deteriorating, right? right. Memories. So you have to kind of like clean all, develop all um, it's hard to say, you know, because when we don't know the person in particular, right, I can't just generically say, oh, you have to do this, right? You have to talk to the person and, and know that exact problem. But all in all, insects, they will balance out whatever. So if there's lacking an energy or if there's too much of certain energy, they will come to balance out. So you... you Assess that, change the emotion, and they will go away. Obviously, you're going to do the physical part as well. You're gonna put, you're gonna cover the holes, you know, in your wall. You're yeah. gonna clean the floor, you know. You're gonna do the whole thing that you need to. I wouldn't particularly um, be so violent in killing them all. You know, obviously, I'm not saying that if you kill an ant, that's karmic, and you're gonna no. But you know, I think that if you treat that message and that energy with violence you are not fixing anything you have to mm -hmm. fix yourself first and you know do the other measures as opposed to you know okay that's a battle then you know what i mean that's not going to fix you will fix temporarily right like but then it won't fix so use that th those insects yeah. as an opportunity if there's an infestation here why so if that came to you in a dream, is it, is it like a spirit animal knowing what you are needing as far as a message? Is it your divine team connecting in with the spirit of that insect knowing what you're needing? How does that? Because like, or the difference. Definitely. Between... Uh, that's a great question. Look, because of my 
perception of bed bugs, right? Because I had this knowledge or, you know, this yeah. idea about bed bugs. Um, when I dreamt, I, you know, today I had, obviously this is another conversation again, but there are many types of dreams. There are the dreams, there are astral dreams, which are when you detach from your body, you know, when mm -hmm. you sleep, fall asleep, you may experience things in the astral realm. And then when you come back, you might still like recollect some things. So this is an astral dream. You are actually remembering something. And there are the dreams that are just, let's say, mental burps, right? So for example, you see too much of a movie, you know, or you got impressed by the movie. You're going to dream about the movie. Right. And it's just the brain really kind of cleansing, you know, kind of. Um, and there, there are the dreams that are kind of the mix of them. And they are just like, remember that we have an aura, right? Obviously. But then when we are thinking, we are not just thinking inside this skull, right? The, yeah. the images are here as well when we are projecting. So I dreamt with this sort of, oh, I had an argument, you know, some sort of like not pleasant conversation. And they were here. And then I connected unconsciously. I connected that to what does this cause? Right. So before attracting bad bugs, that there was a message from my own perception. So when I went to bed, I had my astral um, endeavors and, I, you know, I dreamt of other things. But then when I was dreaming that I had bad bugs, I was on my own bed in my own room. So does that make sense? So I wasn't yeah. elsewhere. I was exactly where I was, but thinking. And even scratching my and like literally like thinking, oh my God, you know, I can't believe I have bad bugs in here. And so see, there was a, a, an association. So that right. association wasn't from like uh, elementals or spirits of nature or other animals. Right. It was me projecting a meaning for my arguments last night. And it was so spot on, you know what I mean? So, yeah. but now everything's okay. Everything's good. But, you know, yesterday night it wasn't. So, I mean, it was okay. But, you know, I mean, not okay enough if I was to sustain that pattern, we would probably have generated some sort of, not infestation, but we would yeah. see insects around. Yeah. And it's giving you an opportunity to look at, um, you know, where in the past did you not want to have a conversation that was uncomfortable or felt like confrontation and and those steps and moving through it right one thousand like, percent you just look around um caroline you just look around and it's there right um mm -hmm. and you might see wow is this a, a sign or is this something telling me something when we talk yeah. about this caroline oh is this a sign is there a sign we sound so mystical but it's not you know it's not mysticism it's not magic it's just like look i know the physical world right i know how the physical world works right? I know all of these biology, chem chemistry, physics, but there are reasons behind all of these. The primal reason, right? It's the first why, right? The first why generates and then the physical world reproduces that, right? So what, when I say look around, see the message, I'm not saying look around and see the physical. I'm like, yeah. look around and see the reason why the physical emerged that way yeah i wanted to talk about spirit animals or spirit mm -hmm. guides like it, it came up a couple of different couple of different ways um um 
Like if a deer jumps out in front and you hit the the deer and the deer dies, is oh. that uh, is that the deer giving you a message? And is there the, a um, subconscious uh, contract uh, between? So the is two? this in the physical world? So in actually... the physical, yeah. Oh, okay. Actual. Right. Jumps out in front. Like, you know, so that happened to somebody and they asked me what my thoughts were. And I'm like, this is, this is what on the woo woo level, this is how I feel. This is what this is potentially about, but you need to sit and, and feel it out and see if that feels yeah. like a truthful answer to you. But I would love Definitely. your thoughts. Well, the, the thing is, it depends on, you know, obviously who experienced that because for example for a person who is completely um let's say I, w- I wouldn't say disconnected but a person who wouldn't care much like okay that happened disconnected that, you know, is still a good word it's a good word <laughs> Not, isn't it yep yep it is Not as it, consciously it aware. <laughs> yeah and you know if they do that so that there's no message for them obviously that is something that happened and they will eventually encounter their thought again they will encounter their memory again and they will rethink that but for a person who would be actually feeling upset you know Mm -hmm. and well actually this caused something on me and you know this is really uncomfortable you know I really I'm really sad and etc 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 there is a message obviously each person sees a deer differently one thing is you running over an animal another thing is you running over an animal that means something to me or the animal that i perceive as something like i think these about this animal so for example oh i studied or i really like um totems you know and all of the animals etc yeah the symbolism and the archetypes so Knowing their archetype, right? Knowing that the deer means this or the uh, turtle means that, and then something happens to me involving those animals, then the message is quite clear. So what I would suggest to the person is, what do you think before the, the, the accident happened? What were your thoughts? What do you think? What did you think then of deers in terms of, spiritual meaning what do they mean to you i mean right and Mm -hmm. then obviously when you are in an accident an accident is when the structure of something the structure right is not good right so for example when you break a bone in your body right it's because the structure is not okay the structure is the founding base for anything right? So for example, uh, if you break your leg, I don't mean the, the thigh, I don't mean the foot, I mean the leg. When you break your leg, it's because your future plans, the base for your future plans, you're not building them well. So if you are not building that well in the future, they will collapse, just like your leg is collapsing now. Your foot, if you break your foot, then it's exactly where you are going right now. And if you break your foot, it's like, somebody's diverting you if it's the leg foot it might be a man or or a young energy and a yin energy if it's uh, on the right foot obviously there's a whole study on the metaphysics right of the body so when you have an accident where there's a shock or a collapse 
we are talking about the structure. So the person unconsciously wanted to crash something. The person wanted to make some sort of structure collapse because the person wanted change on something, right? Mm -hmm. And that thing is exactly what the deer represents to, to them. So if the yeah. deer represents new beginnings with um, uh, something, right? Okay, new beginnings in studying, right? Right. If that's right. what the deer, you know, is for the person, then that crash is like, the person unconsciously don't want to do those studies, don't want to endeavor in those new studies unconsciously because consciously we want some things, but unconsciously we don't. So many yeah. people, Carolyn, who wants to be really rich, right? And they here on planet Earth, right? Awake, they are playing the lottery and they're trying to be rich, but when they fall asleep, they beg their spiritual guides not to allow them to make any money because they want to grow spiritually and they know that money in this moment, in this lifetime, will not have help them. So, you know, sometimes that we want something so much and it's not happening. It's because yeah. we actually don't want that, but we believe blindly that we do. Yeah. And that's why, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, I was thinking about my son. Um, uh, He's a grown man now. My son is a grown man now, but when he was, and he's in the autism spectrum, this beautiful, having a wonderful life, building a beautiful life for himself. And when he was younger, um, he was nonverbal till over three. He was nonverbal wow. till he was over three. And then when he started talking, he was telling you how your kidneys function and why the Titanic sunk. And he just went from not speaking to an encyclopedia. And, wow. Right. And we were in an environment that was um, volatile and uh, scary, walking on eggshells. And so one of the ahas that I had when I was reading and, and preparing for this uh, was uh, whales. I saw your post about whales and it clicked. My son during that time period had... Um, was hyper-focused on blue whales in particular, on blue whales. And he wanted to listen to the sound of blue whales wow. all the time during that time period. And when we removed ourselves, when I, re when I uh, removed uh, myself and children from, from that situation, and uh, it shifted. He didn't have that fascination with blue whales anymore and went to tree frogs. Wow. Wow. And so today I was like, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> because I wasn't looking from a spiritual perspective at that time, I was just, a pre I will, we were all in survival mode really at that point in time, but it was also, um, understanding my son having different ways of communicating with him as well too within the autism spectrum which really pushes your self-awareness and conscious awareness when you are communicating mm. on a different level with nonverbal people and yeah. um yeah so if you could talk a little bit about um you know why that would be important what that aha actually was all about 
Right. Yeah. So you, yeah, that's so fascinating. Honestly, um, <laughs> like just the animals themselves that he was focused in and where we were and what was happening. And now yeah. looking back on it is. Yeah. Um, so look, um, obviously, you know, like, when we, when I talk about um, animals and what they can help us or what, what do they represent or, you know, um, obviously I can, you know, give a generic kind of explanation, but each case is a different case because, you know, mm -hmm. for each person, they had, you know, a different um, life in a, in a particular, you know, past and, you know, they have a different present. So obviously it depends on, you know, person to person, but, you know, what I can say to you is that whales, they represent. And when I mean represent, I don't mean about, human symbolism oh they represent because we think this way no these sounds of whales they resonate right they are similar to what the motherly sound sounds to someone i'm not saying that whales make the same sound as, as mothers do verbally i mean that that sound of whales triggers inside of you parts of your unconscious mind that has to do with, a, a, you know, a caring mother, right? Nurturing, it's just because yeah. I'm trying to translate sound to feeling, right? So that sound translates to this feeling here. Mm -hmm. So when you hear, you play, you know, sounds of whales, right? That is, you don't know, right? Physically, you don't know. But inside of you, that is triggering something related to, taking care of somebody's taking care of me or mm -hmm. you know i am protected or there's a, a a big mother figure not necessarily my current mother but there is some protective protective figure there is something you know in here and because the person feels so protected so um you know looked after they then can oh i can actually open up a little bit maybe that was the case i know mm -hmm. that uh, the, that whales they dissolve traumas mm -hmm. right the sounds of them they dissolve traumas and obviously we're not talking about only uh, traumas of this life we're talking mm -hmm. about traumas of previous lives because you know we are coming back with them yeah and what's interesting out. is he would talk about past lives when really? he started talking it was truly fascinating and and one of the things that he had said was that it was not to be sad when he died because he was going to go back to where um he had come from before and he and he did um, say god and i didn't take them to church so this was just wow from him and he was four at the time and he said um you know my brother and i when we were in heaven, we chose to be brothers in this lifetime to help you learn to be more patient. We were friends there, but we chose to be brothers here so we could help wow. you here. So, so this other brother is older than him? Nope, younger. Wow, okay, wow. 15 months, the boys are 15 months apart. And when it comes from a child, right, where you never told them anything like that, Nothing. like you, you don't and have I, an option. No, I was cutting hair back then too. I wasn't even doing this work full time. It was yeah. because they were having these experiences and talking about it. And I did as a child too, that I decided to come out and. Of course. Uh, That's the do the work and be more consciously aware so that they could also do what they needed to do here too. That's but fantastic. It, That's 
right? Wow, wow. That, that's a big story. That's a big thing, you know? Yeah. And but the, they... the animals he chose, because when I looked up even tree frogs, um, to understand that message from tree frogs is being on the right path and this is successful in where you're going. And, you know, it was just very fascinating when you allow yourself to look into it. You don't necessarily have to be a shaman to be aware and to research into it. Absolutely. You don't have to. You just have to, I mean, maybe you can go and, you know, collect some information, experience something, and mm -hmm. then observe more and feel more open yeah. and be like, is this a message? It's not that you're going to be crazy around, no. oh, is this a message? Is there a message? Is this? No, you're not going to be like that. But when it's there, when it's obvious, you know, like yeah. you knew it. And that's what I tell clients as well, too. Like not every cardinal you see is going to be your loved ones on the other side. But when it's weird, when it's doing something that is out of the ordinary and out of context, yeah. then for sure. And and you can correct me if I've been, you know, not saying if, if I've been misleading clients, if you can correct me. But, you know, that's how I've always now seen that it. You are Absolutely right. You are absolutely right. Um, it, you know, it, it won't be, you know, always, but I think that when it's there, obvious to you, and when it's so obvious, that's why I say, for example, when you see like a sparrow or canary or, you know, something like, you know, a bird, that could be a spiritual message. But 99% of the times, they won't be. It's just mm -hmm. the animal really, you know, residing in nature. But obviously, if you are about to take a decision, right, and then a sparrow lands near your set of keys, that's mm -hmm. obvious, right? What you have to do, you know, you got the key. Yeah. So, you know, so that's what I mean. You know, it's when you ask something, but not directly to nature, but, you know, you are there and you are open and you are visualizing everything around you and then something happens, then that's the um, the message, right? Um let me just add a little bit about whales because um, they are so fascinating. Mm -hmm. Do you know, um, Caroline, that, you know, that's something I, I was able to fully study, you know, and see and all of that. And the astral uh, realm, I, I say astral realm is just like the astral layer right above here, the, 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 the physical um, planet, right? Some spirit, um, spiritual guides, they take some people who have, recently died sometimes due to suicide right and they take them to platforms to astral platforms in the sea where whales are jumping oh, and singing right and then they bring them there right and they are they are fully asleep because not asleep but they are unconscious completely and they bring them there for the sounds of the physical whales, right? To help them heal some traumas so they can emerge back and then experience what they have to experience due to what they've done to themselves, which is another story. But yeah. spirits guides, they are helping pe uh, recently deceased people with whale sounds and even dolphin sounds as well um so yeah that's very like you know so you know again it's about dissolving traumas right 
Yeah. The other animals that you mentioned, you know, see, the the the, the um there was a a step by step, you know. So your son started with the whale and then the tree frogs, right? So see, mm -hmm. the, which means that the whales, the sounds, they are not needed anymore because now I those rusty traumas may not be there anymore. So I can open up, which means I can now speak up. I don't know, you know, I'm not. Yeah, it just was face. fascinating to to look back and reflect on it and the timing and the hyper-focused and the interest in the animals that they were and putting it uh, together, you know? Definitely. It yeah, feels sometimes like it's, it's in the, the right. Yeah, sometimes it's the association that we do, but sometimes yeah. depending on what, you know, uh, I'll tell you, um, the type of people who will who will get the messages from animals or you know spiritual animals right. more than any other is this: if your culture or if your um, beliefs, your main beliefs are feminism or you know the anything relating to um, spirit um, animals and animal spirit guides and totems and things like that. When you need to have a, a some sort of information, your spiritual, your spirit guide, which is a probably human or human-like, will generate that thought form and show you somehow, mm -hmm. right? So I'm not talking about seeing physical animals. I'm talking about in being like a clairvoyant or in your dreams or in your astral perception right? right or in your tuning you might see let's say owls right if owls symbolize something for you right and they mean so much to you in that particular stance like my your oh yeah yeah i can see <laughs> one in there now yeah so if they mean something yeah. to you yeah. in a particular sense your spirit guides may fabricate a thought form right so an image of that um owl of, of of owls right or if you dream or if you see a um an eagle it might also be this a fabrication of that why mm -hmm. because you are receptive to that message yeah right for me it's Some skunks other... <laughs> pardon skunks small yeah. but commanding respect <laughs> Exactly. And also, yeah. yeah, now that you said, you know, said something about skanks, <laughs> like skanks, they really, I wouldn't say, I mean, all animals are fascinating, but skanks, yeah. they have, have to do with if you want to keep someone away, yes. right? And, you know, like they're there. So you might see that. So not always will those animals be really real animal right. spirits. Some animals, they, they work in the spiritual realm with, other people they work with them as in they are with them but i'd say that most animals that we see in terms of symbology right in terms of wow i had an astral projection and i saw this animal or i dreamt of this animal or i saw these like power animals most of them, yeah sorry like are power animals a separate thing they are they mm. are they they sorry are these yeah, so for example, back in the day, right, the communities, uh, especially in North America, right, but obviously I'm talking about any other part of the world that had, you know, same um, system or similar. Um, you had a whole community, right, where there was an animal 
that was a symbol for that community. Or maybe other animals who were the symbol of something that that community pursued for a particular time. So, for example, if a, a, a rabbit is that symbol, is the main animal, is because that community is committed to... Uh, you know, being uh, agile and happy and um, produce food, you know, it depends on that needs, right? So it's that symbol. Sometimes if there's a, 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 a battle with another tribe, right, or something like that, they will embody another animal, right, to give them what they need in that time. So those thoughts of them are collectively generating the archetype of a particular, mm. like a wolf, let's say. And right. that wolf, which is magnetized by their thoughts collectively, uh, influences them to absorb the, the, the characteristics of the wolf, of the wolf, or what they believe the right. characteristics are. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. It does make so, sense. So obviously, they are creating these. Some other wolves may join in as in because they are, you know, like attracts like. So, you know, some other wolves as in spiritual may, you know, come and be around, right? Some spirit guides might actually bring some wolves, etc. if that will help, help the, the community. But for people who are not in the community or they're not in these days, because, you know, the world now has changed dramatically, right? So we don't find communities like that anymore. Um, it would be pretty much the same thing. So if you put in your mind that, you know, butterflies is all about change and happiness and, you know, all of that, um, you are embodying the, the archetype of the butterfly. So, you know, you have a picture of a butterfly and, you know, you have a tattoo of a butterfly and you love butterflies, then you are, pro you are creating that um, holographic butterfly. Right. Right. That is influencing back to you the same things that you sent to this artificial butterfly. Right. So obviously you will encounter butterflies. So when you go out and you do something and some butterflies, some physical butterflies, they start behaving strangely. It's because your holographic butterfly is influencing those butterflies and they are resonant because they see each other as similar and your butterfly influences those real butterflies right and that's how you see physical animals sometimes doing something not always this will happen okay it has to be extremely obvious oh i saw a butterfly it means change no i mean it depends right like let's be more down to earth in these terms yeah. and that's how you do you may also have you know as I said, your spirit guide fabricating that for you. But if you don't believe in, you know, animal or messages from animals, your spirit guide will produce some sort of different information for you, not related to animals, but they will maybe get a person who is quite sensitive and they will inspire that person to tell you something. So that's the right. message. So, you know, it depends on you. What do you believe? What are you open to? you know, understand, and that's what is going to be produced for you, but you can produce your own. Right. I want to, I just want to be mindful of our, our time. And I, I know that um, we're getting close to having to wind down. So I just wanted to make sure that we had that opportunity to, to discuss, which I know that's going to be short now, but 
um, something that is near and and dear and that you're quite passionate about is really educating and under um, educating people regarding their consumption of of meat and how that affects you on a vibrational level. Mm. Obviously, um, Carolyn, this is such a sensitive topic. Not for it me. It's very sensitive. It's very sensitive, you know, because you know, humans, and I include myself in these, right? Yeah. Humans, um, they are you can't tell them that they're not doing the right thing. You know, they they always, and I am in this group, they mm -hmm. always want to be like, oh, yeah, you're doing really well. Yes, you are progressing. Yes, you know, when dying, you're going to meet Buddha, Jesus, and Krishna, right? Like, you know, nobody wants to, to hear that they are doing something that is not good, right? No, you are wrong. Nobody wants to hear that. Mm -hmm. It's not that I have the, the knowledge or the right to say that people are wrong. But the point here is not people. The point are the animals, right? Animals are spirits, right? And we humans, we have the capability of distinguishing what is right and what is wrong. We are not here based on instincts anymore. We are not like, you know, those primitive um, yeah. subhumans, right? So because we have these, we have to take the responsibility to say, look, this type of um, diet or animal exploitation is not something that goes, you know, together with moral development. We are creating a world that is technologically advanced, but morally, we are so low, right? So when we talk about eating meat, it's not about the meat only. It's about like not being compassionate and saying that you prefer that piece of meat than the animal being alive. The thing is, when you eat meat, right? This is one of the uh, the things I could see. When you eat meat, right? You are, your physical body is eating the physical meat, but your energetic body is eating the energetic side of the meat. That meat was obviously um, from an animal that was slaughtered. And even if the animal didn't suffer during you know, death, the animal didn't want to die. The animal wasn't particularly emotionally feeling good. And the animal was kept you know, somewhere you know, during life. So the energy, right? And again, I use the term energy because it makes like simpler for us to use, but I'm talking about the etheric uh, components of that, you know, yeah. etheric body. They get obviously poisoned by their emotions and their thoughts and by their sadness and everything in between. When you, you know, get that, you know, pieces of meat, again, you can't see that as in if you only see physically, but the energetic imprint is still in there so you are eating that and you are absorbing that to your own aura i'm not saying that if you eat a piece of meat you are going to inst instantly become sad and you know uh desperate or anything but that is building up right that is building up and you are building these in you and it's just so dense right if you go to a slaughterhouse right if you are a, a, a clairvoyant or a sensitive and you can see what's happening around, right? Not in the physical world. It's 
diabolical. It's so bad. Not only you see that all the desperation and you know the the whole thing going on, but you see spirits there of people who are absorbing that energy. They are absorbing those energies. They are there actually having fun on that. They are obviously spirits of people who are, you know, they've got distorted minds and they are, you know, maybe criminals, you know, and those nefarious, you know, bless their souls. But, you know, they are in, in a moment, they are not well. So they are in these places, you know, and you find these type of spirits in brothels, in skid rows, right? And in slaughterhouses and in anywhere where there's a lot of, malice desperation. Mm-hmm. desperation you know going on etc so they are there obviously feeding on their energy why they are feeding on their energy it's because those spirits obviously they are not physical and they are not in the physical world the etheric energy of the, the animals they are semi-physical right so they are too subtle to be considered physical but they're too dense to be considered um spiritual so right. when those spirits absorb their their energy the etheric energy they then experience some sort of physical senses again right and then they can do more here right. on the physical world they can interfere more right because then they have more semi-physical power so they can almost touch not touch but you know the the, the, okay. the corridor in between yeah. physical and spiritual becomes shorter because then they are with this physical semi-physical energy. So they're actually taking advantage of these slaughterhouses and they're taking advantage of people in addiction and you know and people who are really, really, really yeah. mean. When you think something too much, they are feeding on that and then they connect to you and then they can influence you. But they're all doing that for absorbing energy in this planet here. Our currency is money, right? In the astral realm, the currency is semi-physical energy, yeah, right? And that's why we have to become better people, so we don't have them around. And you know, like this, this, uh, which you know, they are our brothers and sisters, really. But at the moment, they are really not doing well. So eating meat, you are not only promoting these. Um, horrible suffering of these animals in the physical world but also in the astral world um and you are giving more um energy to these nefarious spirits for them to interfere on earth and they are causing wars and diseases and everything that we see all the chaos right most of it is like half of it is produced by us directly and the other half is by them right who are discarnate and they are still trying to revenge and to you know do something and you know as i said again repeating myself when you eat meat you are eating the energy as well you're not only eating the physical meat you're eating the energetic meat so we should see that this has been a pleasure i i I, this has gone by so quickly and i think there's so many things that uh you know we didn't get to talk about maybe we could revisit have you back on and and continue the conversation another time could you let 100%. people know where to you have two books um yeah where they can so yeah so uh, my first book um is called the supernatural science theory and magic in that book i talk about um ghosts uh, i talk about witchcraft yeah. spells and i talk about 
uh, oracles and angels, everything in a scientific perspective. So I give a scientific explanation. When I mean scientific, I don't mean scientific method. I, I, I'm meaning scientific thought. So I explain in a way that doesn't sound esoteric or religious. So this book is fantastic. You can find this book literally everywhere. Barnes and Noble, uh, Waterstones, yeah. all of the main stores really online, you know, Amazon, eBay, everywhere, right? The Supernatural Science by David Barreto. And my um, second book is now out there yeah. in the September same September 7th? Was it released September 7th? It was, yeah, on yeah. the 4th, I guess. On the 4th? It was beginning of this past September, this month. Yeah, it yeah. was like this. Yeah, because yeah. we had, obviously, we have audiobook and we have ebook and we have, you know, paperback. Yeah. So, obviously, each of them were released in, on, on a different date. Um, Highly recommend called, it. Thank you so much, Caroline. So, the book is called um, Karma and Reincarnation in the Animal Kingdom, The Spiritual Origin of Species. And in the book, I talk about, obviously all of the karma and reincarnation in the animal kingdom. I also talk about um, some sort of um, peculiar things regarding the spirits of animals and meat. And I also touch a lot about uh, on history and anthropology. So we can understand quite a few things. Yeah. And astrology. I just want, yeah. Yeah. And astrology. Yeah. There's, you know, at the end of the book, I talk about, the astrological ages. So I talk about the age of Aries, Taurus, Gemini, yeah. Leo, I guess, Cancer, Aquarius, Pisces. And I talk about even veganism, you know, in the book and how the new age of Aquarius, where we're going to uh, enter in the next century, how that is going to shape this world and how veganism yeah. plays a role in that. So yeah, the book is called um, Karma and Reincarnation in the Animal Kingdom. And you can find it everywhere. Barnes & Noble, uh, Books a Million, um, Amazon, eBay, everywhere, and on innertraditions.com. It's where they are selling the book as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here, David. So thank, thank you, you so much to the United Public Radio Network and the UFO uh, Paranormal Radio Network 105.3 and 107.7. Next week, we will be having Marie D. Jones on talking about the afterlife. And she will also be talking about her book, Celebrity Hauntings. Thank you. Have a good night, everyone.